Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Revive Diverse Unity podcast. I am your host, Keith Stout, and I'm with my hopefully forever co-host, Lane Noble. Lane, how you Hello. doing? Oh, I'm better than I deserve. How you doing, Keith? Doing great. I'm doing fantastic. Um, well, I say this is the first episode. This ain't technically the first episode, but I'm reviving this. I was doing this last year, but the problem I had last year was uh, unable to consistent. I was unable to consistently get people to join me, and I really did not want to talk about this stuff by myself. But I think uh, Lane is is up to bat and ready to discuss some issues and how we can come together on them throughout our disagreements. And I also think Lane is perfect because me and Lane tend to lean opposite directions on some things as well, but we agree on other things. But I think it's it's good to, to get a nice contrast of beliefs going here, plus me and Lane, I think... I consider you a great friend, Lane. I don't know if you feel the same, but... Oh, I absolutely do. I absolutely do, except that I'm always right. So, yeah. uh, listeners, keep that in mind. Obviously. Um, <laughs> Lane is obviously just the smarter of us. Absolutely. Yep. Got a dizzying intellect of facts from my millennial technology I've got here sitting here. Um. But just just to remind everyone what the purpose of this is, uh, we are going to be discussing on a hopefully week to be week to week basis uh, different topics uh, going from politics to uh, religion. As me and Lane are both Christians, we are going to discuss different theological uh, topics as well that people tend to disagree with and not. Uh, and it tends to separate the church and cause division where I feel as if it shouldn't. And same thing with po these political topics is we've, we see within the country a mass divide that's happening due to disagreements on issues that I think when we come to understand where each side is coming from, where all the talking points are coming from, and uh, I think we can do a better job at understanding the differences and seeing that it's not as black and white as people are making it out to be. Or even if it is black and white, we can still understand why some people believe the way they do and try to come together on an understanding with it. Um, but uh, uh, before we get into the main topic, I do want to show, I think there's there's something going on within the church Uh one of one of the biggest churches in America right now, something going on that really uh, highlights what I'm talking about in this division. I don't know if you've heard about this lane, but it's David Platt David Platt's church over in Washington D.C. It's a McLean Bible Church. They are mm -hmm. officially suing David Platt for uh, preaching critical race theory, according to them. They are actually going to court because <laughs> – and suing David Platt and other leadership. It's not just CRT that they're claiming is happening. They're also claiming that David Platt is trying to secretly take over the entire leadership 
with uh with liberal elders and is going against their con their church constitution by by doing that and also by somehow forcing them into the southern baptist convention even though that's not happening at all um but i it, uh, so reading off of christianity today uh i, I need to find it there okay here it is uh it says that this uh, the weeks between the two votes. So what started this all, just for a little bit of context, is they were voting on three new elders who people were claiming were extreme liberals and that they're only putting these elders into eldership to mm -hmm. bring the church more left. Um, they they mm -hmm. so that's what started this. So there was two votes on them on on the elders that I, I'm pretty sure both failed because of uh, this division. And it mm. said the weeks between the two votes were uh, tumultuous. Platt said in his July 4th sermon that people told voting numbers in person and by email that the elders up for nomination would have sold the church's uh, Tyson's location to build a mosque with proceeds going to the Southern Baptist Convention. So, <laughs> so, so if you look into the story and, uh, which I don't suggest people doing because it'll probably just make you depressed as it has me, but basically the problem is, it is racial. And when we, when we disagree, but it just, so not to get into critical race theory, which we might in another episode, but I don't want to get into that right now. That would be a much more fun episode if you want well, to join in for that one. That one. Uh, it will be intense, yeah. <laughs> incredible. But but the problem that is occurring is that we're – the main problem I see happening, and it's happening with Platt's church because I know for a fact David Platt's not preaching CRT. Uh, um nor would he be involved in trying to take over a church. Uh, but the problem here is we see people talking about things that we may disagree with, like uh, systemic and structural racism, which Platt does talk about. Uh, mm. And we disagree with these, but and then we make those topics of discussion to seem more extreme than what they actually are. And then we do whatever we can to knock down people in whatever possible way we can who disagree with us on these small areas. Mm. So, so the purpose of this podcast, and I think Lane will agree, uh, is we want to get people to start to actually discuss what the topics at hand and what not just make up things that other people are talking about and try to come to a place of understanding to where we can unite as one and not try to divide each other, divide the church, divide the country in a way to where we're weakened and, uh, and we're just not as effective as, as good human beings or as good Christians. You'd agree with that, right, Lane? Absolutely. I I, I'm glad you brought that up because it seems like most of the things, and this I, I would say this is in particular 
this is especially true within the past five or six years, I'd say in the United States and in the West, um, in particularly in the church, the things we divide up on and, and disagree on, um, it, it, it's funny, we, there's radically different beliefs on, I guess you could say either side of any debate, um, but they almost always uh, disagree with each other or de demonize, is that a word, demonize, I'm, I'm making it one, uh, the other side. Uh, for exactly the same reason. So you brought up critical race theory. Um, critical race theory, people who are both pro and anti-critical race theory have radically different beliefs about society and about uh, the way we approach uh, racial reconciliation, racial justice. But they both hate each other for the same reason. And that na that's namely the other side is racist. Um, and we use excuses like that to justify our condemnation of them you know this isn't merely a disagreement issue this is a this is a justice issue this is a we are we are justified in our anger towards them and and as you said you know it's not always that black and white you know um it's it's not always so so uh, clear cut as as it might look at at first if you if you as to borrow a phrase from one of my favorite authors uh go towards the bottom of the pool uh, you'll find that that these issues are much more complex and they're worth discussing with people that you disagree with. And particularly in the church, um, we have absolutely no room for this sort of Twitter uh, culture that we, we've, we've created um, at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't care if a particular church member is part of the KKK. We lovingly approach that person. Uh, and of course, if, if they don't repent of their sin, then church discipline come, comes along. But, but, but that aside, we love our enemies and we love our, our neighbors, right? So that, that's what we're called to. Uh, we are, the Christianity is a faith of ideas. And it's a faith that recognizes that ideas have consequences. And so uh, a podcast like this, I think, is, is necessary. I think, I hope that we foster an attitude uh, uh, towards issues like this that, um, is much much healthier uh, than what we've been seeing, um, particularly. And I'm not going to call anybody out, but everybody knows since you know Trump got into office, we've been we've been dealing with these issues. Not to blame Trump, but that was sort of the catalyst that that launched this this society that we're kind of seeing today. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I I agree. I don't think Trump was the is the disease. I think he was a symptom of a much larger issue that absolutely. that we've been facing that goes before Trump. But I think the Trump era really brought it out and made it a lot worse than what it was. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. And, and again, uh, even, no matter what issue we're talking about, someone's going to be right and somebody's going to be wrong. Right. We don't believe in relative truth, but but even still, uh, the issues of who's right and who's wrong it, it's it's complex it's complicated and more than likely everybody on each side of the issue is wrong about something and uh instead of trying to kill each other or cancel each other or whatever it might be to get to what you think is right maybe we should listen and see if maybe possibly uh, this might sound crazy but maybe you're wrong <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we should try. Not, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should try to get to that point. And I, I mean, Lane, 
and we're we're not going to be just discussing with us we're going to try to get other people on this podcast and, and just if, if not if anything just tr- show people how this discussion can be had without uh, anger right so uh but also i do want to make sure we don't make light of certain issues as well because there's things that are that are important and there there's points that need to be made and uh, opinions that do need to be called out as extremely dangerous. I mean, for instance, and we, but do it lovingly. Like for instance, the KKK member within the church, yes, yes, they should be loved on, but we need also need to make sure that those beliefs are in those actions are seen as, as dangerous as they are. So that that's, Absolutely. yeah. So it, it's, it's, What's what's the word? It uh, I can't think of it. But basically, it's all we need to do is make sure that we are not going on their level of hatred, and skipping down the level. And we're and, yeah, and we need to make sure that we are focusing on on stats and facts, and not just going off of. Uh, what we feel like should be true. So let's get into the, to the main topic uh, today. And I, I, I chose this one because this, since this is the first episode of the Revived podcast, uh, <laughs> I wanted to do something kind of simple, but also it, it's not simple if you go out into uh, public and try to discuss this. But th- this being uh, the, co- the COVID situation and more... Uh, to, to dial it into a more specific thing, the COVID vaccine, as we have seen in case, but just in case you weren't awake during the past year and a half, there's been this pandemic going around called COVID-19, and it has uh, wrecked through all life on earth. It has made a lot of things difficult. It has changed the way a lot of people live their life. And uh a point of contention today is whether or not you should receive the COVID-19 vaccine. I think we should talk about, before we talk about uh, why or why not you should get the COVID vaccine, I think we should talk about exactly the uh, what's been going on with, with the talks around COVID. So ever since this started, which was in 2019, which is how it got the name COVID-19. Uh, this, this was a new respiratory virus that uh, came out of what seemingly is China. Uh, and it has been seen as this serious, uh, very contagious viral disease that has swept across the planet. And uh, it has caused countries to shut down, economies to completely shut down. It has caused us to uh, all be wearing masks as we go around society. And but with that comes the the people who say that COVID is not as serious. So the first debate that happened is should we be shutting down society? Is COVID-19 a, a serious disease? Is it even a real thing at all? There's been conspiracy theories flying out that COVID's not real, 
that it's being faked, uh, that flu numbers are being taken into account under the coronavirus numbers, and that this is all a conspiracy theory to, for whatever reason. And this has caused a lot of people to not take it seriously. So there's people who don't believe, who didn't believe that they should be wearing masks. And there's people that believe that you should be wearing masks, as the CDC and other health organizations said we should. Uh, there's also people that said, yes, COVID's a real thing, but it's not as severe as things like the, the common yearly flu that comes around. Um, just to get uh, some, uh, some information from the CDC on whether COVID is as serious or more serious as the, as the flu. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, the CDC says that both COVID-19 and the flu can spread from person to person between people who are in close contact with one another within about six feet. Both are spread mainly by large and small particles containing virus that are expelled when people with the illness cough, sneeze, or talk. So that's the similarities. But the difference is, while the virus that causes COVID-19 and flu viruses are thought to spread in similar ways, the virus that causes COVID-19 is generally more contagious. So not only is it, but not only is it more contagious, it is more deadly. Um, hmm. USAFacts.org says that uh, the number of people who died within 2020 uh, per thousand went up substantially. So USA Facts says that more than uh, 350,000 Americans died of COVID-19 uh, in 2020. So, and altogether, people who died last year was... 3,427,321 people. Uh, in comparison, 2,854,000 people or 854,838 people died in 2019, meaning at least 572,000 more people died in 2020 than 2019, which is a death rate of 10.4 compared to 8.7 in 2019. So it went up from 8.7 to 10.4 deaths uh, within a year span. Uh, it, so within age groups, uh, substantially throughout the year, way more people died who were in years uh, in every age group. So it's not just 85 years or older. It's not just people from like 60 to 80, but even people in the age group of 25 to 44 died at a substantially higher rate last year than in other years prior. And uh, when you look at numbers between other diseases such as heart disease, cancer, uh, yes, a little bit more people died of heart disease and cancer, but uh, uh, still the numbers uh, seem to point to that COVID-19 is the cause of this drastic spike in deaths. Now, uh, all the statistics, we're still in mid-2021, all the statistics on how people died in the Census Bureau is not fully out there yet. So, but 
it does seem to all point to a massive pandemic. Now, of course, people are going to say that, well, there's also more people to die of drug overdose and suicide. And yes, that is true. But when you take also in account of number of people that did not die from things like the flu and uh, the common cold because of uh, the massive uh, uh, health outreach to uh, stay socially distanced and also to wear a mask needs to be taken into account too. So let, uh, so less people probably are, are going to have died because of other viral diseases that are not as contagious as COVID-19 because we took a, a conscious effort to be more cautious of that kind of things. Um, mm. uh, That's a, if I, if I can, uh, the, I'm glad you brought up that point because a lot, well, a lot of people uh, don't realize is that uh, a lot of people like to, like you said, they point out that, uh, only a certain number of people died or even got infected by COVID-19. Uh, people need to, to understand, uh, just uh, here's some food for thought. Um, we shut down the entire globe for three months and wore pieces of cloth over our faces and washed our hands like crazy and cleaned surfaces like crazy. And that many people caught this disease, mm. right? Even with our, our, the precautions that we took, that many people were infected with COVID-19 and, and still many have died. Um, even now with the vaccine, we're still seeing a, a good, are, are we at 160 million people yet? I, I don't, I hadn't checked. Uh, I don't I think know that was the goal. I don't think uh, we are there yet. I'm pretty I sure we're, we're not we're close. Aren't we? Yeah, we're pretty close, but I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think we're there. So that's almost a good half of the population, uh, over half of the population vaccinated here. We're still seeing, uh, so many tragic uh, deaths from COVID nineteen. We're at the point where you can almost you almost can't meet somebody who hasn't known somebody who died, um, or you know what I mean. So yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a that's a huge uh, huge factor to to think about. With, with all the precautions we took, COVID nineteen still took a major toll on the world, and just think about how much more so it would have if we hadn't taken the precautions that we did. I'm willing to bet that probably hundreds of thousands of people had their lives saved uh, just because we we took the necessary precautions. You know, ma masks don't reduce infections by a whole whole lot, but you know, any reduction in infections that we can get yeah. are, are worth, worth it. it. I believe. Yeah, um, and I, I believe so too. Some some people did not. Um, there was a huge huge uh within america this movement to discredit the use of mask and also just the conversation around it uh they didn't want to trust the scientists and the ones who studied uh who were telling us this and there there are plenty of reasons for that i think we could probably get into it here in a minute but um just again, just to show the facts on COVID, uh, it does seem that there there was a drastic spike in deaths uh, last year, and the answer has to be COVID. Um, but now we have a vaccine, 
And now the conversation has gone away from is COVID real or is COVID serious or uh, should we be wearing masks? And now the conversation is, should we receive the vaccine? Um, so real quick on, on uh, just me and Lane both agree that we've both been vaccinated, right, Lane? Yeah. Yeah, we've both been vaccinated and we both agree that the vaccine is something that people should should take. Uh, I'm going I'm going to give a quick my quick thoughts on why that is, and then I'll let Lane speak because he hasn't spoke very much. But um, just I say one more thing before we get into that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I I feel like we should put a disclaimer on this now. Uh, we do encourage listeners to get the vaccine, uh, but please keep in mind uh, that we don't know the specifics about each individual case. Oh yeah. So if you have uh, concerns about any, any health risks uh, that you may have in your individual uh, case about getting the vaccine, please consult your physician, please consult your doctor um, before getting the vaccine, because the last thing we want is for somebody who shouldn't be getting the vaccine to take it. Um, there are genuine cases uh, where, where people can't get the vaccine. So I just wanted to lay that out there. Um, if, if you do have any concerns about the vaccine, uh, related to your specific health condition, uh, please consult your doctor. Do not listen to us. We are not medical doctors. We don't even have degrees. So uh, keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh, we're so, just doing research online. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're listening to people trying to listen to people who do have degrees. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that is a good point. That is a good disclaimer. Uh, there are specific cases on why on people who sh definitely shouldn't get the vaccine, different health reasons so uh yes do keep that in mind but uh so real quick uh just a couple more facts on the vaccine so people some people worry is the vaccine safe you know this is a relatively uh new vaccine and uh so people are concerned about the trials that it took to be considered uh, uh safe and also uh, long-term effects. We don't know the long-term effects because it just, no one's had the vaccine for over a year. So we, uh, the questions there are valid, but so, uh, just to, just so we know what, what these, uh, companies that made the vaccine, what they had to go through in order to allow this vaccine to be used, uh, phase one, for their uh, clinical trials, they had 20 to 100 healthy volunteers uh, uh, take the vaccine and then uh, researchers had to answer the questions of, is this vaccine safe? Are there any serious side effects? How does the vaccine dose relate to any side effects? And is the vaccine causing an immune response? So after those questions can be properly answered, uh, you go to phase two, where several hundred volunteers are have uh, take the vaccine, and then uh, the researchers have to answer the questions of what are the most common short-term side effects, what is the body's immune response, and are there signs that the vaccine is protective? Then after that, after that is adequately answered, 1,000 or more volunteers take the vaccine, then you have to uh, answer the question, how do disease rates compare between people who get the vaccine 
and those who do not, then how well can the vaccine protect people from disease? And also FDA approves a vaccine only if it is safe and effective, its benefits outweigh the risks. So uh, after that phase four is the treatment is approved on a emergency basis. So some people will put out the argument, it's not technically fully FDA approved. That is true because that takes a long time to happen. The, the vaccine has to be in existence for a long time in order to get fully FDA approved. This is a emergency approval, which is when it comes to these kind of vaccines is okay uh, because we understand mRNA vaccines. So that's another thing that I want to talk about is that when it comes to mRNA vaccines, this is not like back in the 1800s, early 1900s, where the understanding of vaccines was minimal and new. We have understand, understood and studied these vaccines for a long time. We understand the long-term effects and, uh, and risks that can come from vaccines like this way better than what we used to. We understand the short-term risks of these kind of vaccines way, way better than we used to. Uh, the majority of professionals uh, who study this stuff will tell you that these vaccines are extremely safe. On the CDC website, uh, on the COVID vaccine, it says long-term side effects are unlikely. Serious side effects that could cause a long-term health problem are extremely, they say extremely unlikely following any vaccination, including COVID-19. Vaccine monitoring, monitoring has historically shown that side effects generally happen within six weeks of receiving a vaccine dose. For this reason, the FDA required each of the authorized COVID-19 vaccines to be studied for at least two months, which is eight weeks longer than the six weeks uh, side, of, side effects that are seen by these kind of vaccines after the final dose. Millions of people have received the COVID-19 vaccines and no long-term side effects have been detected. So according to all the top researchers, all the top, top scientists, all the top people who have spent their lives understanding and studying disease and vaccine say this is safe. Um, Lane, if you want to talk about what you've studied, what you've looked up, and also if you want to talk about, uh, because I think you best understand the arguments against taking the COVID-19 vaccine, we'd love to hear that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that <clears throat> I, I uh, most of my information on, on the arguments against getting the vaccine come from personal conversations. Um, they are, l let me preface by saying this. I don't think these concerns that are being brought up about the vaccine are irrational. They may not be uh, accurate uh, in, in terms of information, but they're not irrational. Um, this is the first time, of course, as, as was earlier mentioned, that we've uh, developed a vaccine for such a serious uh, illness uh, in this amount of time. Um, granted, we did have uh, 12 years worth of, at least 12 years worth of research uh, to back this up, uh, to back this vaccine up. Coronaviruses are not new. 
uh, in fact, now this is disputed, but it's some would argue that the coronavirus that has caused the public health crisis uh, was being studied uh, when it was accidentally released. And of course, uh, there's some dispute over that. Uh, there's uh, some people who don't believe that that's what happened. Um, nonetheless, it's very likely that this particular virus that got out was already being studied and was already understood. Um, <clears throat> that said, uh, when it comes to uh, the COVID-19 vaccine, you do have to understand that there was a lot of research to back this up, um, at least a year of testing, um, especially for the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine was released as well. Um, the Johnson & Johnson one, I, I, I do have to admit, I'm a bit skeptical of. Um, it seems like there was a lot uh, going wrong with that. Um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I do that sometimes. I gotta get my, my caffeine. Um, anyway, so as far as concerns over whether or not the vaccine is safe, like you said, a majority of professionals agree that it is safe. Um, one of the concerns uh, I think that needs to be addressed, and I, I hate the fact that I have to address this, uh, because it, it sounds uh, it sounds strange, but at the same time, during the time that we live, uh, you know, yesterday's uh, conspiracy theories are becoming tomorrow's realities. Um, when it comes to the vaccine, a lot of people are afraid that something bad is being put in the vaccine, that there's some ulterior motive behind this. Um, rest assured, uh, there are many, many experts, a majority of experts not only agree that this vaccine is correct, or correct, is safe. Um, they not only agree that it's safe, but they agree uh, people that would normally disagree with each other or that would be skeptical of each other's uh, motives uh, still agree that the vaccine is safe. So you have people working together that normally wouldn't work together uh, to get people to take this vaccine. Um, that, that should show for something. Um, now you also have people who are arguing uh, that the vaccine has some sort of microchip in it. Um, and there are a lot, I cannot tell you, Keith, how many people have actually said this to me with a straight face. Um, and, and, and the biggest evidence put forth by this is uh, people will often put a quarter where they were vaccinated on. So they'll, they'll put it on their arm where they were vaccinated and the quarter will stick uh, like a magnet uh, now, keep in mind, that's not actually what's happening. And we know that's not happening because quarters are not magnetic. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, so, so something else is going on here. And it's probably happening with very few people. I actually even tried it. Uh, it didn't happen. It didn't stick to my arm. Uh, <clears throat> it, so uh, there's that. Um, gosh, I'm trying to keep myself uh, in a logical flow uh, here. Um, is there any particular argument you wanted to address? Um, let, <clears throat> let me think. Not really. Uh, just, just mainly summarizing, because I'll admit, though I've talked and seen a lot of people talk about that they're not getting the vaccine for whatever reason, I, I can't grasp it, and I can't put it out there myself. I will definitely be extremely biased in trying to do so. So I feel mm -hmm. like I feel like you'd be best in trying to explain that of people's fears, people's doubts on the vaccine. Right. And, and 
I did want to highlight a particular problem that I think I really think underlies all of this. And, and this goes back to even before we jumped into the COVID-19 vaccine uh, topic, um, the conflicts and the disagreements, the doubts, the fears about the vaccine and not just the vaccine, uh, but mask wearing, social distancing, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, one of the, the biggest, uh, I guess you could say, uh, pitfalls that, that we've uh, come to is that we're living in an age where trying to find true information about anything uh, mm. is like trying to find a sock in a washing machine. Mm. I mean, it's just absolutely, I mean, I, I'm even having doubts about some of the things that I've said uh, because it's just so difficult uh, to find true information. I mean, you can even, you can, you can go and you can go to, to places like uh, government uh, websites where uh, uh, some of the most sophisticated studies are being produced. You know, you can, you can do comparisons. You can, you can go to, to the most credible sources you could find. Uh, but we're being bombarded with so much information. That yeah. Especially people who don't know how to find said credible sources. A lot of people just don't know how to do research. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, they, they, they type in something in Google and then click on the first thing that pops up. Um, especially if it's a familiar source that they're used to listening to. Um, and it's, 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 that's partially what's been going on with, with, with the vaccine. Um, you have people that are intentionally trying to deceive, and you have people that genuinely think that they know what they're talking about. Um, that could be us, by the way, so make sure to fact check us. Exactly. Uh, but there's people that genuinely think that they know what they're talking about, and so they write, a, they write an article, they, they make a video, uh, they use some sort of justification for it, and rumors get spread. Um, and then uh, I, I quoted this author earlier. His name is Andy Andrews. If you all aren't familiar with him, uh, you should definitely check him out. Uh, he has not made an official statement on the vaccine. I should go ahead and preface that. He he actually refuses to give a statement on that for, for reasons I don't have time to get into. But uh, he often he, he likes to say uh, it's possible for something to be true without it being the truth. So to give an example, one of the major arguments against getting the vaccine is that it could cause infertility, um, which is, is, is not true at all. Uh, that was actually, I forget the guy's name, uh, a particular research that was researching COVID-19. Um, if I can find his name, I'll let you know. Uh, but he was uh, researching COVID-19 and before any studies or experiments were done, he expressed concerns, uh, or, or in other words, he uh, made a hypothesis, which is an untested, educated guess, mm. that the vaccine could potentially cause uh, uh, infertility, could cause fertility problems. Uh, after extensive testing, he and many others uh, came to the conclusion that that would not be the case. Um, but people took that and ran with it, and they say, hey, it might cause infertility. No, they they've pretty much figured that out, that it doesn't cause infertility. Uh, so it's, it's true that an expert said it could cause infertility, but that it's not the truth, because the truth is that that expert only gave a tentative uh, hypothesis about what could potentially happen with the vaccine, and then they did some tests, and they did some research on the vaccine, tested it on people, uh, looked at the effects, and there's, there's no chance that they're 
that this could cause infertility, um, at least not in a healthy individual. Like I said earlier, there could be uh, extreme cases where uh, somebody with uh, rare health conditions could be made infertile. Like I said, check with your doctor. Um, but but it's it's very important that we 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 grasp this because people's lives are on the line, right? Uh, you you ha we have to grasp this. Um, people have no problem uh, hopping on board with a serious issue, but then they don't do extensive research on this. And, and, and you have to go all the way to the bottom of the pool and say, okay, what is the truth? What's not just what's true, what is the truth about this topic? Um, yeah. That's what's going on with the COVID-19 vaccine right now, is what we're seeing is people spouting off things that they've heard that are true, but they're out of context. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that, that, yeah, I agree. That is, that is one of the biggest problems, especially when it becomes, when it comes to uh, political debates and political topics is that people don't know how to do research and the research that they do do uh, is incomplete. Mm -hmm. For, for instance, I think, I think within social media age, one of the biggest things that most people do is read headlines and that's it. But right. the, the, the problem is with that is that headlines are made to get people to click on things because the more website traffic these uh, these companies get, the more money they get. Right. So we have to keep that in mind that uh, now that. W so when you see a headline, what you get in the article may be extremely different than what you get in the headline. And when you read it, you'll come to find that out. There's been many times where I've read a headline. I'm like, holy crap, that's insane. Then I read the article and I'm like, well, what? This isn't the same thing at all. This is a whole lot less extreme than what you made it out to be. Um, like Joe Biden falling down the stairs, right? Yeah, exactly. I read that and was like, oh my gosh, is he okay? <laughs> and I, I looked at it and he just he tripped a couple. He didn't even hit the ground. He just, or did he? Hit the ground? I don't remember. Hurt. It was nothing serious. You yeah. Know, people. Uh, so yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. So so what people need to start doing is, and and also they need to make sure to look at who who is making these claims, right? And should they be trusted or not? I I don't understand why people have become distrustworthy of of the CDC and many medical experts. Uh, uh, I, I can't find an answer to that, but, but we need to remember that these people have these jobs because they spent years studying it in college and years within a profession to rise up to, to this level to where they are the most trusted in this field of expertise. And these are the people who are giving us the data and the advice that this stuff is safe, right? It's not just the political leaders, it is experts. It's people like me and you who care about humanity, right? Mm. It, and it, to, to look at a vast majority of a field of experts and just look at the couple that agree with you and say, well, these say this, so therefore I'm going to agree with them is insane. To, to look at the majority is what we need to do because, because again, these are the experts. They're the ones who know what they're talking about. Um, mm. 
Um, and that, that's why you look at people like the CDC who have strict standards on, on, on the way they conduct research within uh, disease control. Uh, mm. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to be perfect all the time, right? This is humanity. We're going to make mistakes. Also, uh, how we understand things, and uh, especially new diseases like COVID, it, how we understand it is going to evolve, right? So when we see people like, like Fauci who uh, say at the beginning of the pandemic that masks don't really help much and then later says that masks do help uh, more than they hurt, that's because there was a better understanding. We evolved in knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, of course, scientists are going to go back and forth on a new disease that we're trying to study. That's just how science works. You see one thing and you're like, okay, so this seems like this, but then the more information you gather, the more you understand it. And then the more you can say, well, it wasn't really like this. It's more like this now. So that's just how knowledge works. So when we call people out on flip-flopping, no, they're just understanding the the issue at hand better. Um, and I think that's one thing a lot of people have problems with is the constant flip-flopping. And it, that's just something that's that's going to happen. Uh, do, you, do you have anything to say about that, Lane? I, I do think it's worth noting that there are some flip some flip-flops that people uh, should be skeptical about that it's understandable why they would be skeptical uh, for instance uh, and this is another problem uh, we mentioned political political uh, divisions um, politics has I, I should just say this COVID-19 has killed a lot of people the only thing that has probably killed more than COVID-19 is politics uh, because what we see is somebody like for example Joe Biden Okay, Joe Biden was prior to the uh, his election for president uh, anti vaccine or he wasn't anti vaccine. He was he was not for releasing the vaccine uh, at uh, when Donald Trump wanted to release the vaccine. Uh, criticized uh, you know criticized releasing the vaccine at that point, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I know even Dr. Fauci was was on board with releasing the vaccine. Soon as Biden becomes president, he's pro-vaccine, mm. um, and people get people see things like that, and they say there must be some sort of power uh, power grab going on here. Uh, we are in the United States, especially in particular the United States. Uh, we are what's called a uh, high power distance uh, culture, uh, where we are constantly challenging authority. We are very skeptical of anybody who asserts any authority or knowledge. Uh, that is higher than ours, um, and that's that's all well and good. And there's many times where that's not a, a good idea. Like you were saying, uh, people can be overly skeptical of the the experts. Um, but in cases like this, you see things uh, like Joe Biden changing his mind, or uh, whenever uh, you know you see whenever one side is for a particular policy or action, the other one takes the opposite end for no other reason than the other side uh, took that particular position. Uh, you see things like that, and people can't help but be skeptical. And mm. that's not an irrational thing. Uh, yeah. it, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. You know, you have all of this information uh, coming at you like a fire hose. Uh, and 
people are, are drinking out of it and they're just trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Yeah. And of course, people have their own biases and, and political biases and, and uh, you know, it, they interpret what they what they read and what they they see through those biases. But all that to say, we have let uh, we have people uh, not doing research and thinking irrationally. But then it doesn't help that people uh, like politicians and uh, even scientists and doctors, oftentimes major corporations, uh, will come in and do some of the things that they do and confirm some of their fears <laughs> that their motives aren't aren't so clean. Uh, and then we wonder why people don't trust. Uh, yeah, authoritative voices on COVID nineteen. We we've set ourselves ourselves up for failure. Uh, in in this way, we're lucky we we've kept the numbers down the way that we have. Um, it, it it's important to note that if we want people uh, to take this pandemic seriously, the people in charge are going to have to start taking it seriously. And as far as I know, very few have actually done so. Um, that that is that is a very fair point. Um, which is why uh, looking at our politicians and listening to them is something that I advise against heavily. Um, be, uh, to call them experts is is uh, a far stretch in my opinion. But and that that goes for a lot of them. That's not just throwing shade at one side or the other. That we the when it, especially when it comes to things like your health, we should listen more often to scientists and not politicians, which is what people like Dr. Fauci and, and many others are. They're the ones who are looking at this, a politician, and they are not in a field of trying to get people to like them near as much as people like Biden and Trump. So mm. of course they're going to, they're going to flip flop because they want, they want the votes. They want their numbers to look good. Yeah. And people like people like Fauci, people like the CDC, people like the WHO. It's not uh, WHO as in the World Health Organization, not the band. Um, they don't care about numbers near as much, people liking them near as much. They care about what is what is going on within people's health, what is going on with these diseases, and how can we best protect people. Um, there's, there's no reason for them to want us to, to foolishly think that there's a disease. It, it, it's just nonsensical. Uh, but but uh, just another point real quick is that we, uh, because we don't trust politicians near as much, we've gone to this, this this weird era that of conspiracy theories that have just taken over ourselves, taken over uh, the public mindset. And this is causing us to shift our views and to think in more extreme ways. QAnon being one of the biggest ones that there's a huge, huge uh, ring of evil and that uh, the Democrats are uh, – Satan incarnate trying to uh, destroy everything, and Trump is our only savior. Stuff like that. Stuff that he's not. <laughs> stuff that is insane. It, it 
a a rational person you would think would look at this stuff and say no this is this is absolutely crazy this cannot be true but we have gone to a point where that's no longer the case and what what hurts the most in my opinion is the church is the number one spreader of misinformation and conspiracy theory within our social media age the church is number one in that and it, it I don't know the answer to why that is. What I don't know why we've gotten to this point. I think the distrust in in our government is a big plays a big part in it. But there has I think there has to be more to it that I just me being an idiot and I, I, I mean I don't know. But this is something that we need to really start being cautious of is these conspiracy theories that are grabbing us and taking us to extreme views, uh, um, which is a big, big reason why a lot of us are in this, in this huge war right now and why, why we're so divided is these conspiracy theories. But uh, so uh, uh, now just real quick, I'll, I'll, I want us to discuss um, what our best course of action is when we see people who disagree with us on the vaccine? Um, me, uh, so basically, because me and Lane have our, uh, we're both pro-vaccine. Uh, how can how should we treat people who are anti-vax, and how can we, um, how can we feed? Uh, into a culture and an environment of love and understanding within this? And what should our best route be? Uh, Lane, you can go first. Okay. Um, that's going to be a case-by-case issue, um, mainly because uh, there's so much nuance to why people are skeptical of the vaccine, why some people are against the vaccines. Uh, when it comes to the church in particular, we we have to understand that there are a lot of people who mean well. Um, they believe that they are, by not getting the vaccine, protecting themselves and protecting everyone else. Um, there are people who genuinely believe that. And so it's it's important to remember that we cannot get angry with them for meaning well now on top of all of that you know with that being said <clears throat> uh we we have to to we as as people because uh, i i'm not going to be i'm not going to argue here that everybody should get the vaccine uh i i, I can't argue that. <clears throat> uh what i can argue for is is uh, i think anti-vaccination sentiment um what it really boils down to is an attitude of complacency. Um, we are so individualistic in the West and in the United States, especially that we don't stop to think, Hey, is God calling me to serve during the COVID-19 pandemic? You know, what can I do to ease the suffering of the world, especially non-believers? Um, I it, it it pains me to see how many people, uh, or not see how many people, but to think how many people uh, 
have gone to hell uh, as a result of dying from COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something we really need to think about. And that's uh, not something that I think most people do. Um, they, people don't realize people, are, people have gone to hell as a result of dying from COVID-19. Um, and of course, there's people who've gone to heaven too, thankfully. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, we as Christians, we cannot be faithful Christians if we are not pro-life Christians. And to be pro-life does not merely mean to be anti-abortion. It does mean being anti-abortion, but it means so much more than that. It means recognizing that all human life, whatever age, whatever skin color, whatever gender, whatever, uh, whatever their belief systems are, all humanity is made in the image of God, and therefore uh, human life is sacred. Um, and we, I have to say, the church has done a horrible job at protecting life in regards to COVID-19. There's exceptions. Um, a lot of, thankfully, a lot of churches have made their, uh, they've, they've made their facilities COVID-19 testing centers, uh, places where you can get the vaccine, they've social distance, clean, uh, clean their, their, their sanctuaries between services, you know, the, and, and they've, ministries have set up field hospitals, so there, there's, there's exceptions to the rule. But, uh, what we need to do is lovingly and gently point out to people, like, hey, Jesus would wants us to serve people during this time. We had a tremendous opportunity to witness to the world the hope of the gospel and the fact that we love them. We love people and care for people because God loves people and cares for people, and we've blown it. Um, and so when it comes to the vaccine, back to the vaccine. Uh, people not taking the vaccine is mostly symptomatic people not even caring. Mm-hmm. Like, Because like I said, <clears throat> I don't think it's irrational that people, it doesn't upset me that people are skeptical of the vaccine. That's, that's normal. You know, this is, this is an unprecedented event. People are going to be skeptical, especially with all of the misinformation and, and uh, political opportunism that we've seen. But what does bother me is that these are the same people who haven't worn their masks, or at least have worn them as little as possible, who haven't been washing their hands, cleaning frequently, touch surfaces, social distancing, or taking the pandemic seriously. And so what we need to do is we need to push for an attitude that says all human life is valuable. We love the world because God loves the world. And while we're here, we're going to serve those in it. And we're going to protect all of human life, whether that be from COVID-19 whether that be from some form of murder, uh, including you know people getting shot, or uh, we saw a lot of that during 2020 as well, uh, or whether that's from abortion, we we value all human life, and that's the kind of attitude we need to push into people. Rarely will you ever see an evangelical that disagrees with that attitude, but that attitude needs to be fully developed into into a mindset that says, okay, even if I'm not going to get the vaccine, it's incumbent upon me to still slow the spread of the coronavirus uh, through hand-washing, mask-wearing, etc. So uh, that was my long tangent on that. No, no. I think I think what you said was really good, especially directed to the church. I think, I think when it comes to Christians especially, I think that, that needs to be our mindset is serving people. Uh, one, I know one of the things that a lot of people uh, who uh, didn't take – 
COVID seriously while we were on lockdown and during the pandemic. A lot by people, I mean a lot of Christians. What they would say is that you know stuff like Jesus is my vaccine, God's going to protect me. Uh, why should I be afraid of something like this? And uh, okay, I, I understand the sentiment. I'll put that out there. I understand that sentiment. You know, yes, God's going to protect protect us. That in in a in a in a sense that's true. You're you're really not understanding the Bible and that kind of theology well, but whatever. Why then are we afraid of the vaccine? Why can't God protect you against the vaccine? Why can't we serve people by getting that vaccine? I, I think that is a very good point, Lane. Um, uh, a few more things to point out. I, I, I didn't. I don't think I really disagree with anything you said there. But uh, f- first and foremost, I can. I can. For those who are who are on our side, who look at anti-vaxxers and you hear them talk and you just want to punch them in the face. I get that. I, I understand hearing a lot of these extremely ignorant and even what most people would call stupid takes. Uh, I get, I get uh, hearing the, the unloving and the, the really selfish attitude within a, a lot of people when it comes to them not wanting the vaccine and how that can make you angry. I get it. We are not going to change their outlook by throwing hate at them. It, it's not going to happen. Um, now, if you want, you could take a Karl Marx approach to this and just shoot them, but and that technically will fix the problem, but you have other ethical uh, difficulties uh, when it comes to that. Um, but all, all in all, the best way, in my opinion, to change someone's view about anything is to be a friend to them, listen to their concerns, and try to discuss it in a gentle and kind way. It's not going to fully work, but it's definitely not going to work with you shoving hate language and statistics down their throat. Um, Now, on a political level, in my opinion, uh, I do think we need to get more serious about the vaccine. Uh, As I read, there are many people dying. And another thing that to keep in mind when it comes to the vaccine is because so many people are not receiving the vaccine because we're not reaching herd immunity. There are new variants of this vaccine coming out, like the Delta variant, that's due to mutations that are happening because this virus can continue to spread at a massive number because there's too many people not vaccinated. And this is going to continue to happen, and it could continue to happen possibly to where the coronavirus mutates so well that even the vaccines that we have are no longer effective. And that's going to continue to not only kill people, but it's going to send out possible harmful long-term effects that we have seen from people who get uh, the coronavirus. 
So we need to start <clears throat> taking this more seriously on a political level. If that means now, I'm not saying that we force people to get the vaccine, but I do think we need to uh, uh, start doing uh, 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 vaccine passports, uh, causing people to continue to wear a mask if they refuse to get the vaccine. Look, at the end of the day, this is a very serious issue. The numbers show that people are dying at a really high rate and people are get. we have more people die again, more people died last year on a, on a uh, per 1000 than uh, way more people died last year per 1000 than, than the year before and the years before that. Um, this is something that is a pro-life issue. This is something that is not to be messed around with, with conspiracy theory and with misinformation. This is something that really needs to be taken seriously. Um, that doesn't mean that we throw hate at people who disagree, but that also means that we should be looking at them as, as, as potential threats to, to life. And because of that, we need to start having more barriers for them to make it harder for them to become spreaders and to allow this virus to beat us. Um, uh, that is my take on it. Lane, you could you probably maybe disagree with that, but, uh, if you do, I will give you a time to respond, but that, that is how I feel that th it, it is this serious in my opinion. And in a lot of people's opinion and, uh, cities like Los Angeles are about to shut down again because of how how many new cases of the coronavirus we are getting because people are not getting vaccinated. Um, go ahead, Lane, if you have anything else to add, and then we'll close. Which is odd because California has some highest vaccination rates. Of course, then again, they have a denser population. Anyway, yeah. the only thing I would remember is, uh, it's very plausible uh, that Keith and I are wrong on this topic. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So don't, don't hear us saying that the only uh, rational or re reasonable position on this topic, I shouldn't say reasonable, only rational position on this topic is ours. Um, all we're, 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 mere, we're merely trying to say that if you want to disagree with us on this topic, then please, uh, this this topic is so serious that we can't afford to take it lightly, and therefore, if you're going to disagree on this topic, we, it, it's it's incumbent upon you to have a warrant to disagree on it. Uh, you know, it it appears to us that millions of people are dying, are getting infected, and suffering. Um, I even saw a video the other day of a girl asking for prayer because everyone in her family got COVID uh, and they all recovered except for her, her dad who's on a ventilator. Uh, and so you hear stories like that and you think, are, am I really going to put people's lives on the line and people's emotional health, like this, this young girl's, uh, on the line because I read an article uh, from a source I can't even remember. Um, so 
what we want is not necessarily for you to agree with us. Um, we only want that if we're right. Uh, what we want is for you to think seriously about this. Uh, we don't want you to think to to treat this issue lightly because it's a serious issue. You know, you wouldn't uh, if there were a, a deadly disease out there, and there is, uh, that were infecting many people, and it was spreading through contact with others. You would be a little hesitant to send your kid to school now, wouldn't you? Right? I would hope so. Yeah. So you would take that seriously. So that's exactly what's happening. So take it seriously. That's all we're asking. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so agreed. If, if you disagree with us, that's fine. As with any topic, if you would disagree with any of us, that's completely fine. But... I do, uh, yeah, it, this is something that if it's affecting human lives to the point of death, then it's something that we need to consider in an extreme serious motion. And for you to just say, well, I could have a GPS tracker in my skin with no real evidence whatsoever. And, Orders are not magnetic, people. Right? Yeah. In mind <laughs> like like just just don't say ignorant arguments just, just you want to come with skepticism fine you want to be cautious you want to wait to get the vaccine fine well then please uh if you're going to to be like that and at least be cautious for everyone else's health, right? I, I don't understand why, even if, even if we are extremely wrong and the coronavirus is not, not this deadly, not this serious, and you guys are right. Who does it hurt to be precautionary and social distance and wear a mask? Who is it hurting? Who is it hurting? I understand that it could possibly hurt you to get a vaccine, but who is it hurting to care about other people's lives when it's a possibility that this is something extreme, severe, that needs to be taken seriously? Even a slight possibility. Isn't human life worth that? That's really the question I want, I want to pose. And uh, unless you have anything to add, Blaine, I think we can end there. Uh, no, I, uh, I've run out of steam, so okay. I'll, I'll throw it to the week and, and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll get back on my soapbox next week. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Diverse Unity Podcast. We are going to be trying to release an episode weekly, uh, maybe more uh, if, if I find other people other than Lane that want to jump on and Lane's unavailable. Uh, could uh, I have a lot of free time. I'm bored, so I might be doing more of this. But uh, at least once a week with me and Lane and possibly other guests, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, as of right now, there's no social media. Lane is anti-social media. So we don't have any <laughs> any way to any way to reach us, but that's something I'll be working on in the future. Uh, and maybe that can be our next topic. <laughs> and uh, just remember, 
at least. Mm. I, I might you can find me on TikTok. I'm not giving you my name. You can find me, but <laughs> but well, uh, I'll give you my name, but but I'm not giving the listeners my name. Yep. Uh, but remember to be loving and kind to everyone. Uh, do research, learn the facts, and be peaceful. Thank you. All right, Lane. I think that was great.